Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller, and alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Coops. Hiya, Coops. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Thank you very much. Just plodding along, waiting for the weekend. Have you been up to anything over the last two days that we haven't listened to you? We spoke for the Austrian Grand Prix review, so hasn't been too long. No, worked Monday, off today, working Wednesday. And then I'm not back at work till next week. So, Oh, very nice. Very nice indeed. Well, hopefully you can enjoy a nice weekend of Formula One racing, Formula Two racing and all things racing, basically. Um, yes, we've also got Amy with us. Hiya, Amy. How are you? Hi, you okay? I'm great. Thank you. And have you been up to anything this week? You did say something before coming onto the course here. Maybe you can drop that in. That sounded like fun. Yeah, so I've just been plodding along, done finish my exams, ready, work all done as well. So just looking forward to the weekend, to be honest. It's a home Grand Prix. I think it'll be really good. So, And you had your prom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got absolutely blotted in Cardiff City. So if you saw me that night, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see me, right. Yeah, <laughs> completely. I understand those situations, but I'm pleased you've had a nice weekend and run the run up to the Austrian Grand Prix. Okay, well, we are Everything F1. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You're also on our website, www.everythingf1.com, where you can find news articles on a daily basis, bringing you all the latest from the motorsport world and around the F1 grid itself. We are also on this podcast itself. We would love it if you were to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop we are also sponsored by the raceworks.com now they're a fantastic merchandise company who can provide merchandise across the whole world from every single team in the paddock and i had one of our american fans ordered an aston martin hat from them and got it within three days so the delivery time's brilliant so if you're looking for some merch anyway head to theraceworks.com and use the code ef1 for a discount of 10 percent when you go through at checkout Okay, so it is the Silverstone Great British Grand Prix this week. Let's run down the vital statistics for the circuit itself. Now, obviously, it's called the British Grand Prix, Silverstone. The the length of the track is 5.891 kilometres. We're going to have 52 laps, which makes the total race distance 306.198 kilometres. Now, the lap record is currently held by Max Verstappen, he did this in 2020. The lap record was 127.097. We've been Grand Prixing over here in Silverstone for, well, for a long time, since 1950. Let's get everyone's opinion on Silverstone then, because I think it's probably going to be a bit of a favourite, and that's probably leaning towards a bias. But it is a great track. So let's get opinions from, we'll go ladies first, Amy. Are you a fan of the British Grand Prix? I personally love it. I do quite like it. There's always something exciting normally in Silverstone, I think. I think the energy as well comes with the whole weekend. It's not just like the one thing. I think the last few races we've had there as well have been quite dramatic. So I'm really hoping we get something similar. 
this weekend to like keep everything up but there's also three drivers on the grid whose home it is and I feel I just feel like it's a great atmosphere not just for the drivers but for the fans as well that's why I like the circuit on the whole yeah and, and as you say there's always excitement there I mean we last year we had the huge incident literally on the first corner we showed Guan Yu flying basically into the into the protective barrier and it was just crazy. That was a huge incident. And then obviously we had some battles really interesting yeah. to watch. And through goes Hamilton. Crofty getting overexcited at Hamilton, overtaking through the last couple of chicanes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, for me, it's quite an exciting one. Again, probably showing a bit of my British bias there. How about you, Coops? Do you like Silverstone? Do you love Silverstone? What do you reckon? Where would you rank it in, in their kind of order of races on the F1 calendar? It's a good track, uh, you know. It's definitely one that should it deserves to be there in terms of racing. If it was in terms of ticket pricing and greed from the promoters, it shouldn't be. <laughs> but you know, that seems to have been sneaking into quite a few venues. Uh, I watched a clip on Twitter and it showed the average three-day ticket price for all the tracks, and and Garrow Ring was the lowest. Can't remember the price. Silverstone sat somewhere just behind the Americas. Right. Uh, with, you know, the quota was relatively high and then he shot up to over a thousand dollars a ticket for Las Vegas, which we all knew anyway. But but yeah, it's produced some pretty impressive races in the years that I've watched it, some controversial moments. Uh, one that stood out to me so was Michael Schumacher served his ten second penalty after he'd crossed the finish line, the chicken flag. <laughs> that, that caused a few scratched heads. And what did he just do? <laughs> because in the old setup, the way that you went into the pit to serve it, he actually, it was quicker and you ended up crossing the start finish line. So he'd done that. And typical Ferrari of that time to find a wee, well, Ross Braun, to find a little loophole. A wee chink in the, a wee chink in the rules. Uh, I can't actually remember if he, if he, if he took that one back, I don't think they did. I think that was a legitimate loophole because yeah, he still he technically served it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And then there's been several races, either just really good races, interesting moments. Vettel taking Verstappen off and won a couple of years back. And in his Ferrari days when he went straight out the back of him, you had the mm-hmm. rain affected one with all pirouetting off. As you say, Grant Grant Hugo's massive accident last last year. Uh, so yeah, it's always showing something. It's always giving us something, and I think for us on the panel, well, two thirds of the panel, uh, it'll be an interesting weekend if the McLaren upgrades continue to do what they did last weekend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you're a Red Bull fan, aren't you, Amy? Yeah, I do it like ish. McLaren as well, yeah. but Red Bull is kind of like where I'm at. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, let's talk about Red Bull then. Can you see anything other than a Red Bull Max Verstappen dominance this weekend, Amy? I'm obviously I want that to happen. I say that really, and I know I am a Red Bull fan, but I do enjoy racing. Yeah, <laughs> I do feel like I do like a bit of a mix-up. But at the same time, when you want someone to win, but not like as far as ahead, not thirty seconds plus. So maybe dominance is the wrong word. You want to see a, a Red Bull win, but you want it to be a bit difficult for him on the way. Yeah. With Silverstone, I feel like that could potentially happen. I feel like he didn't win it last year, did he? he didn't he DNF or did he just? Yeah, it was oh, Sainz, Perez, Sainz and Hamilton was the podium. Yeah. So Verstappen took seventh. Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say I can't remember him on the podium at all last year. So you think Verstappen will be looking to obviously rectify yeah. his poor performance from the previous year? It's a normal standard race weekend. So we're not, we haven't got a sprint or anything like that. It's back to kind of the st- your standard Friday 
two practice sessions Saturday morning for free practice three and then qualifying in the afternoon. And then, of course, the race on Sunday as well. So I hope it is at least difficult for Max Verstappen. How about you, Coops? Can you see Max Verstappen being challenged maybe by his teammate? His teammate needs to challenge him. The last four was the last four races you haven't got into Q2. Yes, I mean, it was a bit of damage limitation done relatively well over Austria, all things considered. But if he wants to be seen as the same level as Verstappen, which we all don't think he is, but if he wants to feel that, he needs to actually start producing. Uh, as we all know, Red Bull don't take kindly to people that don't perform. Uh, I don't think they're stupid enough to think that it has to be as fast or right next to Verstappen all the time because Verstappen's just in his league of his own this last two years. But he can't be qualifying 15th, 14th, 13th, whatever it is he's been qualifying or binning it and uh, making silly mistakes. So, mm. you know, do I think he will? I don't think so. But I think he needs to have something. He needs to show something at this weekend uh, in a positive light. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he he had a good recovery drive in Austria. So hopefully he'll take that as, as kind of momentum and actually just perform at the top of his game without having to, to drive through the whole field. Well, he'll be hoping that anyway, for certain. We as fans don't mind him driving through the field because it, it creates some interesting overtakes. But would you say, Coops, that Max is going to be the, the, the one to beat this weekend? Max is always the one to beat this season, mm. regardless where we go. It's, he is the benchmark. You know, if we go through free practice and then we see that all they're a bit off or if we see things things aren't quite right I mean even qualifying he still qualifies 18 we still think he's the one to beat you know mm. it's just how it is at the minute uh, so yeah it's it's always going to be Max is the one that we we have to look to at the minute well showing promise obviously in Austria were the Scuderia Ferrari team Amy we they had a fantastic weekend really you know getting some decent points for the team. Obviously, maybe a, a bit of an own goal with not letting Carlos Sainz through for Charles Leclerc or whatever for the team. I don't know. You know, we we can't say for certain whether it is an own goal because it didn't happen. So you can't can't kind of guess. But they looked pretty pretty fast. The car looked like it was performing well in terms of with, with the new upgrades. So what can you expect from them from the weekend? I really hope that they do bring it to Silverstone. I mean. The- signs when it last year is they should have an idea of what to how to challenge the weekend then and how to go into it I just hope they don't make any silly mistakes and I think that's the issue with Ferrari is that when we think they're on a good run there's always something that will make them like not be and I, I just really hope that they try and get everything right this weekend and hope it's a good weekend for Ferrari on the whole because I do think they need to keep the momentum going in order to be one of the top competing teams still. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carlos signs Coops. Do you think he's going to try and his dominance over Charles Leclerc a little bit? He couldn't get past him or he wasn't allowed to get past him at Austria. But he has been a little bit more consistent over the course of the season this year. Yes, he needs to. After last weekend, he needs to prove that he, can't, he isn't going to take that. I mean, Ferrari should have allowed him to pass, see how he went on, passed him back, told him to swap places again. You know, it's and that that pleases everybody. You know, mm-hmm. instead of just telling him, stay where you are. And the, you never have that question answered of, do they have the pace? Do they not have the pace? That kind of thing. And now, you know, if they'd said, right, on you go, see what you could do. If he, if he wasn't getting any closer to the cars in front, put them back and that's everybody's happy. They're all sorted. There's no grief. So yeah, I think he will. I mean, he won last year. So I think he'll be looking to 
emulate last year's performance this weekend and show look it's wrong. Because mm. I don't think there's too much difference. Personally, I mean, this may not be backed up by stats at all, but I don't see there being too much difference between Leclerc and Carlos this year at all, really. Uh, like, yeah, okay, Leclerc might be slightly faster stats-wise, but then he's making slightly more obvious errors. Uh, yeah. Like Miami's been one of the bigger ones, but he absolutely been that. Uh, there's a few others in there that escaped me, but I'm sure they'll probably all be there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that's a... A, second, a subplot to the weekend is Carlos and his headspace and yes, yeah, so there'll be a lot of questions I'm sure and they'll say the scripted thing that Ferrari have told him to say but you know, in the back of his head he'll have if he could settle the score or put something in, in there a wee needle in there then he's going to do it. Yeah, and the confidence is going to come back from having a good race last year here, obviously winning the race is going to be He's going to be quite confident here, I think. And I think he'll be able to use that confidence and work his way to the front, hopefully, and take it to Max Verstappen. Another team that did well in Austria that we can't ignore, upgrades are clearly working for them, is the McLaren team. Coops and mine were not-so-secret McLaren fans. And they did a relatively good job, or Lando Norris did a relatively good job considering he got the upgrade package. The car looked sound. We're going to have a brand-spanking new livery replicating the you know mid 2000 livery that we had a special for the british grand prix it's got obviously still have the hints of papaya too but it looks nice it looks really good and, and nice lines but the main thing is the performance coops let's hope that performance continues forward yes yeah i can't see it now you know it was a, the 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 upgrades were very much aero upgrades silverstone's very much an aero track they have a very good power unit in that car it was the the, the aero that was letting them down. Uh, so, yeah, let's see how it goes. I mean, I think it'll be good to see Piastri with some decent upgrades to a car. He's, he's been keeping uh, keeping himself relatively close to Norris. Mm-hmm. Nobody really expected him to beat Norris, but, you know, stay a lot closer than uh, Ricardo was the last couple of years, which he has done. So it'll be good to see. Is Piastri getting the upgrades yes, this weekend? this weekend. So it was Norris last weekend on his own. That's probably why there's quite a, a big gap accentuated by Piastri having the damage and things, but mm. there was that extra element to it. But yeah, uh, Piastri's getting the full kit for Silverstone. So both of them will be sorted. I haven't heard, I'm sure you mentioned in Sunday, I think there's other upgrades coming. I don't think they're going to be as big as the package that just came. Maybe some minor elements getting added to it. I haven't right. seen anything to say that there's anything big coming other than what's already came. But it'll be good to see what Piastri can do when they've got a car that looks like they've kind of dealt with their issues and uh, closer to the front. And I would really like to see Piastri in a Q3. I, think, I don't think he's done it this year so far. And maybe mm. once or twice I'd need to go back and check. But I'd like to see the two of them. I think I've gone to the days where it's Norris in fifth and the second McLaren 14th. I don't yeah. want that anymore. Let's get them both together. If it's top end of Q2 into Q3, that's where I'd like to see both of them. Yeah. Well, another team that will hope to do well, and and they are bringing upgrades from what I've heard, is Mercedes, Amy. Mercedes had a bit of a lacklustre performance in Austria after their forward-moving Canadian Grand Prix upgrade. They looked like they had a promising prospect for the weekend, but then it just didn't seem to work in Austria. Are you thinking that Mercedes will be a bit more on form for the weekend in Silverstone? The home crowd is going to help the drivers, both being British. 
they're going to get that extra half a second in oomph from the crowd. I think with Mercedes, it can sometimes be a hit or miss. And I think that's the problem. I think if Mercedes, obviously, I think loads of people want to do Mercedes to do well this weekend. It's the home race for both their drivers. I don't know. I feel like Mercedes at the moment is on a rocky path. I think some weeks we're seeing brilliance and it's like, oh my gosh, they actually are getting somewhere. And Mm. other weeks it's like, oh, they've just taken 10 steps backwards. But the week coming up, I don't know. If they do bring it up, they are second in the constructors, aren't they? Mm. I think. Yeah, they are. And I think they'll be all right. They just need to sort of bring their A game to Silverstone. I don't think they can afford this weekend not to bring that. And I think they desperately want it now. And you can see it in both of them. So I'm hoping if they fight enough and they dig down and they, I think they could have a pretty good Silverstone Grand Prix. Yeah, so the current standings for the constructors is Mercedes are actually only three points ahead of the Aston Martin team. So they are, yes, in second. Those protests that they lodged after the race for the Aston Martin team really did have kind of gotten them a lot closer. I think they, they gained three points simply by doing that protest, so it's well worth it for them, and they are within reaching distance. I do think Mercedes will do well. They've been saying that they're confident, you know, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast or the preview podcast for the last race, that Toto Wolf was heard saying that if they were going to win a race this year, it would be at Silverstone. Now, I can't necessarily say that that will be the case. I just hope that they are able to mix it up and at least, you know, battle for podium positions because it will make it all interesting. We need Aston Martin battling. We need Mercedes battling. We need McLaren battling. At least one of them then can take it to Red Bull as well. Coops, have you got anything to add about Mercedes? Let's just hope that horrible weekend last weekend wasn't the sign of things to come for the rest of the season. Mm. From what I could gather, it was pretty much track-specific. It's not very often you hear Total Wolf telling Hamilton, shut up and go and drive the car. <laughs> you know, we usually leave that to other people. So that was fun to see and hear. Uh, and, you know, there's people online that got a bit kind of thingy with it, but every driver does it. It's not a race at one point where a driver's moaning and they're told, give that a race. Mm. That's just been noted because it's not that often that it happens. Yeah, so yeah, still a bit of work to be done there for Mercedes, but I think the it, there's something about Silverstone and Hamilton that you can't really count them out for something. There, there, there's always something like last year. It was that double pass he made coming on to the home. Was it the home straight? I think it was. As you said earlier, with Crofty getting a bit overexcited, you know, mm. I did think you know Crofty getting excited about a British driver. Oh my God, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll be good to see. I think there's all you always have to keep an eye out for Hamilton at Silverstone. Yeah, and Toto Wolff has been nothing but praise for Lewis Hamilton actually since the race. He was down at number ten Downing Street actually today with a couple of the other F1 bigwigs, and had an interview outside and saying we owe him an eighth championship. We're definitely going to do a contract with him. It's definitely going to be here. We just got to sort everything out. And then Stefano Domenicali was also like, yeah, going to nail him down and, and, and get that contract signed because we want him in the championship. Because obviously he's just a marketable, bankable person for F1 themselves. We'll want him as well as Mercedes as well for their sponsors. So this weekend, I think hopefully they'll be a bit better and they'll have ironed out their creases as it were from the Austrian Grand Prix let's hope so so it's a bit more competitive for them and now let's talk about Aston Martin who are chasing very closely behind in that Constructors Championship you know they're going to be bringing in their own upgrades I'm sure there's going to be more fight in the you know in the Spaniard Fernando Alonso he's going to want to show 
what he's worth in front of the English crowd because we're better to beat the Englishman than in the Englishman's backyard. What do you reckon, Amy? Do you think we're going to see a fantastic Fernando Alonso this weekend? To be fair, I would love it if he did. I I'm, I love Fernando Alonso. I'm not going to lie to you, and I feel like I'm. I was so happy when at the start of the season, everyone was like, oh my God, Aston Martin's doing really well. Like, I was like, this cannot be true. Like, Fernando Alonso in a good car, that is that is something. And then I think if anyone could bring the race, I think it could be Fernando. Let's be honest, he's he knows Hamilton as well. And a battle between him and Hamilton wouldn't go amiss, in my opinion. I think that would be quite... Nice to watch. Also, Stroll had a good weekend in, in Austria too. So his momentum will be going forwards too. Yeah. And then the team can be battling out for that Constructors Championship, which I think is probably the, the battle that I'm enjoying the most at the moment throughout this whole championship. The battle between, you know, the two old dogs of Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso. And of course, obviously, the, the two brilliant car marks of Mercedes and Aston Martin. Coops, what do you reckon about Aston Martin's chances this weekend? Again, it's similar to Mercedes. They were slightly off the boil at the last race. Wasn't really there. Hopefully, again, it was track specific. You can never discount Alonso in any track. I mean, not just Silverstone, although we're talking about Hamilton and the Silverstone effect. I mean, it's just Alonso and the Formula One effect. Mm. He gets in a car he enjoys, he's going to be up there. As we know, this season, they're going to be there or thereabouts. So hopefully, they're going to be sticking it in amongst the the way the season's ruined now with everybody getting their, their ships in order, you know, it looks like we're going to get some decent battles. Alpine have kind of floundered a wee bit, but you've got McLaren coming up there. You've got uh, Aston Martin, we were talking about just now. They're there or thereabouts. Ferrari seem to have got themselves a wee bit better. Mercedes are there. Still, Jury's still a wee bit out of feel on whether they're, what their true pace is. But, yeah, it'll be good to see. I think we still need to see... Stroll needs to put in a really good performance. He needs to get up there fourth, fifth, third, because he doesn't seem to be there. Alonso's flinging it on the podium every other race, or is just outside it, and he's seventh or eighth, and a car that's capable to get on the podium. Mm. So he needs to start doing that and showing, like, when you get a car that's good, you can use it properly. Completely agree there. We don't need to go through all teams because I feel like there are some anonymous teams throughout the whole season. We've said this in every single race. So we can kind of bypass the Alfa Romeo of Zhou Guanyu and Valtteri Bottas because they just haven't performed any, anywhere near where we were expecting them this season or the, the car's just just a bit of a dog, let's be completely honest. The, the Alfa Tauri team, Tsunoda and... Uh, Nick DeVries. Nick DeVries has really got to kind of step up and, and get some kind of performance. And we're not expecting, you know, top 10 or, you know, in, in the points, but he really needs to secure his position because he's severely under threat with how, where he's putting that car. And I, it's looking very unlikely for him to be in the car this time next year. And Tsunoda, you know, he has decent weeks and he has okay weeks, given the fact that the car that they've got but I just don't think he's got the performance at the moment. I don't know. I, I can see a full change next year, depending on how, how they perform for the rest of the season, because Tsunoda hasn't shone for me this year. He's a nice guy. I get, I like him as a person. I like his antics over the radio, but I can't really see them keeping them for a little bit of personality when they've got plenty of drivers in that roster that can come and step up and, and take over. Amy, so who have got left? We've got Alpine. Gasly, Ocon, do you want to say anything about those two? The the French pairing? They've had good races and bad races. I feel like they've, again, I feel like they, they're a good middle team generally. And I do think they do kind of bring 
the battles towards like the middle part of the line. They're just very average, aren't they? Just yeah. very, very average. It's an odd pairing when I first hear I was like, oh, I don't know how that will work together. But I actually don't think it's going too bad. And I think they are they're trying to use the Alpines best they can, I feel. I do enjoy watching some of those. I feel like it's good, especially when you've got a leader who's 30 seconds ahead. So you may as well watch the middle, middle battles. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like it's not too bad. Yeah, it's been there's been a bit of fighting in between them mm. and Williams and there's a lot of defensive driving from Albon and keeping them behind. And, and it's all very clean stuff, actually, very clean racing that we're getting from them. It's just a shame that they haven't got a, a few extra either horsepower or a bit of extra downforce because mm. the car just doesn't seem to be uh, as quick as yeah. the other the other main kind of contenders for the season. Coops, any additions to add about Alpine? It's a season of disappointment at the minute. Mm. Uh, it's, it's almost should be marked in next to Nick Hadfield's Formula One career. It's just, I don't know, like I said at the start of the season, the Ocon Gasly pairing, it was very underwhelming for me. I didn't see who the standout was. They, t- they turned around and gave Ocon a 75-year contract or whatever stupid amount of years they gave. <laughs> uh, and then they signed Gasly, and then it's like, but they're pretty much the same driver. I mean, who's running the team? Who's dragging? Who's grabbing the car by the wheels and dragging it around the track? The two of them are. And then, obviously, they're making errors that, you know, are putting them on the back foot during race weekends. Like Baku, probably one of the worst that we've seen. That we've seen. But and then you've also got a CEO who isn't who isn't slow at coming forward and shouting about the team, which it's only going to do so much. Uh, you know, yeah, okay, so. He's, they did have said it was me that made them get third place in Monaco. It was that me. <laughs> After he shouted about them all week, so is it his fault now that they've kind of languished back into the kind of mediocrity of the midfield? You know, mm. you know, uh, you know, he's only coming out to take the plaudits. Is he going to take the the you know negative press as well? And let's not forget Rossi when he came out and said the stuff he did. Uh, Snafner was his man. He was the guy that he hired them and said he was one of the best team principles in Formula One, you know, don't mm. say that out loud to Sean, you know, one of the other guys in the team, because he's not a fan. So, yeah, it's very disappointing. I think they would be quite just as quick to say how disappointed the season is, and I don't expect much, to be honest. Yeah, I, it's it's just an average performance throughout the year. We haven't seen anything special from them. Let, let's hope they can do something different. But I think they're waiting for this money injection from all these celebrities that they're, they've got back in them up since last week. So I think this year it'll just be, let's see what we can do with what we've got and then really focus on subsequent years where we're going to hopefully have advancements in our factory advancements, you know, using this investor's money, these investors' money as well. They need it to, to sort out everything in the back office really rather than the two average drivers that are doing what they can with the car the average car that they've got williams albon has had a really fantastic year he's shown some real promise he's been excellent at defending keeping people behind there's been some questionable driving from his teammate uh, logan Sargent, but generally you know they're doing well for williams and we're we're kind of kind of seeing that the fruit of their labor over the last few years where they're kind of moving forward they're no longer the last in the championship, in the constructors, you know, they're, they're eighth. So they've leapt more than one space. So it's good to see for them, isn't it? Yeah, I really like to see Albon doing well in particular. I feel like he's had a rough time in F1 altogether, I feel, especially like with the Red Bull. And I think in Williams, I think he's clearly the more dominant driver. I 
I'm not a fan of Sargent. I wasn't when he came into F1, but I just feel like he's not bringing it. And I think that's just showing Albon's talent even more. I don't know whether it's Sargent or if Sargent can blame the car because, I mean, Albon's doing quite well with what he's been given, to be fair to him. And I feel like he's bringing it and you're not seeing the same from Sargent. And I think it's a bit disappointing. I feel like if they had... I don't think Sargent is gelling with the car with this level of driving as well as he could have and as what many people expected from him I guess I feel like there was a lot of expectations but I wasn't really a fan of him coming into F1 anyway it has been quite a good season on the whole for Albon he is trying and he does know the Williams car I feel like he he's getting the hang of it now I think he's got the team behind him which is helpful you know he's, he's been in the team now for a couple of years he's certainly put himself underneath the table and kind of working with the engineers. He's doing what he can. He's, he's outperforming the car. Whether you think it's Logan Sargent just not performing in the car, I still think he's actually outperforming the car as well. You know, he's excellent defensive driving is what is keeping him in front of what should be faster cars. He's always the leader of the DRS train, for example. And I think that's just Albon doing what George Russell used to do when he was in the Williams and just reaching the maximum potential with what they've got in that team. Coops? Yeah, Albon's doing exactly what we thought Albon would do once he got out of the shadow of Red Bull. Mm. Uh, I have to agree with Amy. He was never really sold on Sargent. He's kind of answered that question. Uh, this you were excited after the first race, but then that was a bit deceptive, I think, wasn't it? Well, yeah, we all done that. Like, look at Sonoda's <laughs> first race. We were all like, oh, he's amazing. Japanese for a uh, well, uh, world champion. And then it was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was. I, I mean, I was. I wasn't sold as sad because I didn't know much about him. Mm. Uh, so I was. I was like, let's be presently surprised, and I've not been. You know, the uh, freeze is a bit of a weird this misnomer if we talk about rookies in general. But it's a strange one for him. We expected a bit more, but uh, sometimes it just happens that way. Just doesn't click. Whether it's a team thing, whether it's him. But uh, yeah, Albon will probably just do what Albon does. He'll hover in amongst the top 10 and qualify, probably sit right about that in the race, I think, maybe. He gets himself in a position where if there's shenanigans up front, he can grab himself a few extra points. Mm. They don't quite have the pace to really battle, but they're there or thereabouts. So, yeah, I, I would expect to see him in there probably maybe grabbing a couple of points or maybe just on the, on the cusp of it. And I expect there'll be a lot of support for Albon and the Williams team this weekend. Being a home race, he identifies as a, a tie driver, but we'll claim him as well. He's a British tie driver. So, you know, good luck to him. I hope he does well. And I hope he can do a similar job that he's been doing over the last few races and, and keeping those what we think or what we expect to be faster cars behind him. You know, doing a fantastic job. And Haas, we've got Haas as well we haven't spoken about. Is it worth speaking about them? They seem to do well in qualifying and then they kind of drop off. They do. They've got a good straight line speed. But when it comes to in the race and they're kind of stuck in a bit of traffic, they they just lose their way. They they kind of drop down the order. Can you see that similar thing happening? I, I guess you're probably going to say yes. <laughs> we'll go to Coops. Yeah, may as well start with you this time for Haas. Can you just see them maybe scoring well in qualifying and then dropping down the order like they have been over the last few races? Yeah, the problem they have is their tyres. Their car just does not look after its tyres very well at all. So they're going to have good qualifying pace. They're going to fling it up there if they time everything right, you know, either be top end of Q2, maybe sneak into a Q3. But then when it gets to the race, they'll just 
slide back into kind of lower midfield, I think, mm. uh, which seems to be kind of where their season is at the minute. Uh, it's a decent enough car. It's not great. It's not crap. It just kind of sits in the middle. It's just I the development, it's... I think. They just seem to they seem to make the car and they make the car okay. It's a, a fairly okay car, not not the best, but not the worst. Uh, but then it slowly just drops off throughout this throughout the season. They never never yeah, ever cons- I mean, keep the consistency up. That's a legacy of just the budget. I mean, the budget cap. You would like to think is the later on in the season because they've now got the sponsor to meet that budget cap. Uh, rumor has that Alfa Romeo are looking to come in and come in with them for next season. I've heard a couple of rumbles about that over the year because uh, this is the last year that Alfa Romeo Salba is Alfa Romeo Salba. We'll yeah. go back to Salba for a couple of years next year. So if there's any financial gains from that side of things, then it will be interesting going forward with the budget cap and the money coming in. But yeah, as you say, the development curve for them is very flat and I don't, you know, they're just going to stay round about the midfield pretty much for the rest of the year unless they can get something to bring it up a wee bit high. Mm. Okay, let's go through predictions for the weekend then. I want from each of you a fastest lap from Quali, who's going to plant it on pole. I want a one, two, three. And I want a bold prediction as well from each of you. You can go first. Amy, ladies first. I'm always first in these things and I'm always under pressure. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Qualifying, I think I'm just going to have to give pole to Verstappen. Be a bit boring. I'm not going to put anything else out there. Um, <laughs> You're going with your head at this yeah. point by the sounds of it, yeah. Fastest lap. I will give it that to Verstappen as well. Okay. I feel like he'll take it. And then podium. Podium. I'm going to go with Signs P3. Signs P3, okay. Alonso P2. And I'm going to go with Verstappen for the win. And then I'm going to say that Hamilton maybe has, or Mercedes doesn't have a great weekend. Oh, <laughs> you're going back on what you said. <laughs> go on then, Coops. I want your prediction. So qualifying, who's going to be on pole? Your top three, a fastest lap and a bold prediction. Bold predictions in qualifying. Charles Leclerc is going to get pole. Oh, going to go back with that. Uh, I'm going to say it will be uh, fastest lap in the race will be Verstappen. Verstappen takes the one, Hamilton second, and third will be Leclerc. Leclerc, okay. So uh, that leaves me then. Okay, do I go with my head and just do the obvious, or do I go with my heart and try and just pluck something out of thin air? Okay. Have fun. Come on, it's Silverstone. Let's have fun. Okay. I'm going to agree with you with Charles Leclerc on pole on the Saturday. I'm going to say it will be a Charles Leclerc win, a Fernando Alonso second, and a Lewis Hamilton third, and Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. My bold kind of want is they take each other out at the first quarter, and we don't see any Red Bull anywhere near the the, the race. So this is like fantastical rather than I go with my my head my head would say Verstappen win and yeah but I'm gonna go I'm just gonna make a massive bold prediction that, that we're gonna have an interesting race I think I hope okay any news stories that have popped up over the last couple of days I don't think there's been much fallout from the Austrian Grand Prix Coops no I think I, I noticed something online where the promoters are going to work with Formula One to come up to some sort of agreement or a a way forward to stop these track limits. The issue, I think, is that although we all know that gravel will stop it, 
the problem is they've got the MotoGP contracts and MotoGP do not like gravel. Uh, what else could so they do? We were talking. We we're talking about this before we came on. They could put some, maybe some astroturf down, literally on the other side of the curb. There, do you think that would uh, yeah, be I mean, a favourable could, thing? I mean, they could do some sort of gravel that's not the full side. I mean, that turn nine, turn ten. If I'm remembering where it is on the track, that's quite a lot of area. So yeah, it's you don't need to have. Yeah, you don't need to have a lot of gravel, which could be easily. Maybe they have some sort of temporary thing. You know, because I don't think MotoGP follows Formula One or is as close to Formula One in the calendars over the course of the year. So maybe there is some sort of some way to do it temporarily or something. I don't know. Maybe they just have to bite the bullet and think good old gravel is the best way to go and then figure some sort of compromise with the makeup and the the composition of the gravel to so it's not such an effect on MotoGP. Mm. There's got to be interchangeable curbs that they could use, you know, because they, they only well, we pop... can't go down the curb route because then that's sausage curb and lunch. And, yeah, not, know, I'm not talking sausage, and... but I mean, like, I'm saying if they if they whacked some AstroTurf on, you know, curbs that were bolted down for, for the Formula One and then unbolt those ones down and put, you know, the the, the, the standard curbs that I mean, MotoGP uh, like. The AstroTurf would work because it's not got a grip on it at all. Mm. There is no grip on it. So if you put some sort of maybe a couple of metres of AstroTurf at this that side of the curb, I mean, any driver that drops a wheel onto that is going to feel it and they're going to have to lift. Mm. So the drivers will not go there. The problem is, as we've all seen and we talked about it on Sunday, the problem is that you go wide, there's nothing to slow them down. They just go. And any driver... What about some kind them, of Armco barrier or something like that, right up to the curb itself? That would be that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun for us to watch them bounce off that wall and obviously completely safely and we don't want them to hurt yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah of course. but yeah that it would definitely work in terms of I don't think the drivers would approve when they turn up next Thursday you know next year in the Thursday to be like well, what what's this <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah it's 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 a I think if they're going to try and find a compromise I don't actually know what a compromise would be other than putting gravel down. Mm. Uh, and maybe it's just working out a system that means that both both series are happy. You know, MotoGP are happy with what you put down and Formula 1 are happy because it's going to stop things from happening. Or whether, as we've discussed, it's some sort of temporary measure that only needs to be there for Formula 1. Mm. It's all sorts of things. Cost is going to be a big part of it as well. Although... Austrian at the GP in Austria is owned by Red Bull, and they're not exactly short of a few bob. So I'm <laughs> sure they could probably figure something out. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Well, that'll be it then. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully, it'll be a great race, and hopefully, you'll enjoy the Silverstone Grand Prix. And of course, we'll be here on Sunday evening reviewing the Silverstone Grand Prix. So please tune in live on Facebook, and we will give you our two cents on what we think of the race. We have been everything F1. You can always find us on our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com, where we post news articles on a daily basis, bringing you all the latest news from around the F1 world and, of course, the wider motorsport community. We would love it if you were to hit the subscribe button on your favourite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. And if you drop us a five-star review, we'll give you a name drop in the future too. We would love it if you were to do that for us. Thank you very much. We have been Everything F1. We will see you on the Sunday evening after the Grand Prix to review the Silverstone Grand Prix. 
We hope you have a great weekend and you enjoy if you're heading out from our UK fans. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.